0: Tell it everywhere I go Tell the world, tell them Yeah, I'm a billboard Tell the world, tell In them, them. broadcast like a radio Tell the world, you ought to know I'm brand new I know one thing's true, I don't even really deserve to know you, but I'm a witness that you did this and I'm brand new, so I'm ready to go, and I'ma tell the world what they need to know, a slave to myself but you let me go, I tried getting high but it left me low, you did what they could never do, you cleaned up my soul and gave me life, I'm so brand new and that's all that matters, I, I ain't love you first but you first love me? In my heart I cursed you, yeah. but you set me free oh. I gave you no reason to give me new seasons To give me new life, new breathing no. But you hung there bleeding You died for my lies and my cheating My lust and my greed what is a man huh. that you mindful of him what? And what do I have to deserve this love is Karakotas keep coming. Yeah. And your love is so unconditional. Like it butterflies in my stomach. Uh, I got the old me in a rear view. Got a new me. Got a clear view. I was so dead. I couldn't hear you. Too deep to come near you, but you drew me in. You uh, clean me up, To yeah, so take me home, home beam me up. Uh, before you do, just let me tell the truth and let these folks know that I done seen your love, and it's yeah, everlasting, yeah, infinite. It goes on and on, you can't measure it, can't quit your love, that can't separate us from the love of God. There's no estimate. My face looked the same, my frame yeah. rearranged, but I'm changed. The promise ain't the same. Your love so deep, you suffered and took pain. You died on the cross to give me a new name. Ain't nothing like I seen before. I gotta
1: beam and glory. I was low down
0: and dirty, but you clean me, Lord. You adopted me, you keep rocking me. I'ma tell the world it ain't no. Nobody stopping me. Trying to make the moments last. Holding no
2: Now it's time for our reading out of the New Testament, and it will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 through 46. Let's take a brief overview and commentary of what's going on here. The Pharisees demanded to know where Jesus got his authority. If Jesus said his authority came from God, they would accuse him of blasphemy. If he said that he was acting on his own authority, well, the crowds would be convinced that the Pharisees had the greater authority. But Jesus answered them with a seemingly unrelated question that exposed their real motives. See, they really didn't want an answer to their question. They only wanted to trap him. Jesus showed that the Pharisees wanted the truth only if it supported their own views and causes. Well, the main elements in the the parable that Jesus speaks of here in Scripture today, number one, the landowner, God. Uh, Number two, the vineyard, which is Israel. Number three, the tenant farmers, the uh, Jewish religious leaders. Number four is the landowner's servants. They're the prophets and priests who remained faithful to God and preached to Israel. And number five, the son, of course, that was sent by the landowner God, was Jesus. And number six, the other tenants, the Gentiles, Jesus was exposing the religious leaders uh, in their murderous plot. In trying to uh, reach us with his love, God finally sent his own son, Jesus' perfect life, his words of truth, and his sacrifice of love are meant to cause us to listen to Him and to follow Him as Lord. Now, if we ignore God's gracious gift of a son, well, we reject God Himself. And now let's read today, here in the New Testament. February 1st, the New Testament. Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 46. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching... The leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, "'By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right?' "'I'll tell you by what authority I do these things, if you answer one question,' Jesus replied. "'Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human?' They talked it over among themselves. "'If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John.' But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believe John was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, "'You go,' and he said, "'Yes, sir, I will,' but he didn't go. "'Which of the two obeyed his father?' They replied, "'The first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. "'I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did.' And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally the owner sent his son, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, What do you think he will do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the Scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest Him, but they were afraid of the crowds, who considered Jesus to be a prophet. Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12. Now, in asking God to declare Him innocent here in this psalm we're about to read, David was not claiming to be sinless. That's impossible for any human being to achieve. We also can ask God to examine us, trusting Him to forgive our sins, and clear our record according to His mercy. Should we stay away from unbelievers? No, although Christians should avoid some places. Jesus demonstrated that we must go among unbelievers to help them. There is a difference, however, between being with unbelievers and being one of them. Acting like unbelievers harms our witness for God. Ask yourself about the people you enjoy. If you're with them often... Will you become less obedient to God in outlook or action? If the answer is yes, carefully monitor how you spend your time with these people and their effect on you. Psalm 26, verses 1 through 12, a Psalm of David. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart, for I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. Wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things He detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family.
3: Hey guys, this is Justin Chester. I just want to give some quick affirmations here. Uh, first off, to guys that are already phased up to uh, third phase, Nick Bailey, Kerwin Wilkins. Uh, Matt and I are coming up to join you. I can't wait for that. Uh, also, I uh, want to give a shout out to the guys that are doing second phase. Um, Dustin Grannon, Mike Cooper, Josh Meeker. Aaron Hazelton, you guys just keep it going. Uh, the culture that we developed down there, keep it going. You guys are good, solid guys. And uh, also to all the guys that are down in Venton County, just got done with having a week with you guys down there. You guys are all awesome. Just keep up the good work. Um, there's blessings that, that abound,
2: and they're all headed your way. This is Maddie. I want to give a shout out to uh, James Watts. You're like a brother to me, bro. It's only been a few hours, and I miss you already. I got another I got another couple of shout outs for Brad, Cody, Mike. Guys, just open up to God. Let him in. Let him change your lives. Let him do whatever his will is. You guys are gonna go far. I can't wait to see you. And Gabe, stay strong, man. Um, I've seen you open up in there and and you push you some some tough things, man. I can't wait to see you too. Love you guys.
4: My name is Michael Sava. I'm 35 years old from Detroit, Michigan. Um Growing up, I grew up in a Christian family, my family uh, took me to church on Sundays, they instilled a lot of good morals and values in me, good Christian principles. Um, However my view on God was just that, I mean I knew that there was a God, I just, uh, I didn't have a relationship with Him. and. I just knew of him by just going to church on Sundays with my mother and my my, my father and uh but didn't have a uh, like I said a personal relationship with him when I was sixteen years old my father uh, passed away and uh, life took a turn for me I uh, started experimenting with with you know just a regular everyday marijuana and uh, alcohol and it slowly progressed and got worse and uh, ended up dropping out of school. And uh, by the time I was 18, I started uh, experimenting with the more hardcore drugs, ecstasy and uh, all the designer drugs, special, all that stuff. And but when I was 18, I started doing heroin, and, uh, for basically for the last 14 years, uh, actually, uh, from the ages of 18 to the age of 32, um, my life consisted of <coughs> a 14-year heroin addiction, and I've been in prison three times, and, uh, I was just a hot mess, and, uh, Jails and rehabs and all that, nothing nothing stopped. There was always a will and a want for me to stop using, but I just, uh, I didn't know how I couldn't. N.A. programs, psychotropic medication, nothing worked. Um, my last prison term is when I turned my life over to Christ and I was totally broken. I had nothing. And I, I mean, I, there was uh, just days where I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to open my eyes because I knew what the day would bring. So I was just at a point in my life where uh, things were just really dark. And uh, I had exhausted every relationship, every resource. There was there was nothing left. I was just a walking dead man. And uh, <clears throat> at the age of 32 is when I got my last prison term. And uh My sister, who's a strong, devout Christian, she brought me the word. I ended up hearing about the, uh, the refuge in prison. Met up with a guy named Nick Davis in prison, and, uh, basically, just to keep it short, uh, God showed me that he wanted me here at this place, and, uh, while I was here, while I've been here um God has really done a work in me um that i just uh i really i can't put into words all i can all I can tell you is that uh well i I guess what I want everyone to know is that <clears throat> there's Trials and there's things that we're going to go through uh, in this journey with our Lord, and it's not always going to be uh, <clears throat> peaches and cream, it's not going to be, you know, butterflies and good feeling and all that. It's going to be uh, uh, a journey that's going to require perseverance and. Dying to yourself and putting others above yourself. And when we do that, when we just trust God and we get outside of ourselves, and uh, like me, I had to learn to really get outside myself and just trust God <clears throat> and allow Him to work in me. It's just uh, the blessings. That come with that the fulfillment that you have in your heart when you esteem your brothers above yourself and you just walk in unity and obedience to our Lord and you walk in walk in true sonship. Uh, it's just amazing the work that God does in you and uh, that He's done in me. So I've had family restoration. I've I've had. Uh, You know, a lot of healing and broken relationships and I'm just uh, so honored and privileged to be in this place and it's just such a blessing to walk with each and every one of you and I love you all and I look forward to changing the world with you. God bless you. Have a good day.
3: Gospel song, ladies and gentlemen, that we did in 1966 called "How Great Thou Art." <laughs> oh. oh. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder thy power throughout the universe display. Sing it, fellas. joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and
1: Hi guys, it's Pastor Delaney. Pray that you're all doing well. Wanted to share something with you from 2 Timothy 1, 7 today. It's a verse that you guys are probably very familiar with, but I'm going to share it from the Amplified version to kind of bring a point home of what I'm going to talk about today. 2 Timothy 1, 7 in the Amplified says it this way. It says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. And those are abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind with self-control. And I like the way that the Amplified puts that. Because first of all, it's telling us that we don't have to have a spirit of fear because the Lord didn't give it to us. But more importantly, it doesn't stop there. It continues on to tell us what the Lord did give us. And for those of us who are emerging from some challenges with addictive behavior, um, the thought that the Lord has already given to me a spirit of power and sound judgment and personal discipline, at least for me, it makes this thought of walking this out through these months in the refuge, it seems to make that much more attainable. And I don't know about you, but that's the way that I read that. But what I wanted to do today was just encourage us all to not give in to fear. For God didn't give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. That's what the Bible says. And we live in a culture that's really permeated with this stuff. Anxiety, uh, especially when we have gone through some of the things that you guys have gone through. But Jesus commanded us not to fear. In, in, in fact, in John sixteen thirty three, he said it this way. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. In other words, things that are going to make you fearful. But he said, take heart because I've overcome the world. But is there a practical way that we can take these two passages of Scripture? One where Paul's writing to Timothy and encouraging him not to be fearful and the Lord himself telling us not to be fearful. Are there some practical ways that we can apply that uh, to our lives? And so, I'm going to give you six quick things uh, to think about whenever you're feeling fearful or anxious. The first one is take charge of your heart. And one of the things you got to remember is your heart's just not your emotion; it's really the core of who you are. And our human nature often, uh, you know, allows that thought of our emotions to be the only thing that we think about with our heart. We talk about falling in love as if we have no control over the process, or we often blame our anger and emotions. But uh, in John 14, both uh, verse 1 and 27, Jesus told his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. And what he was really telling them is, say, keep your heart away from the circumstances or the fear that try to control it. Don't simply go with the flow. That's something that all of us in our recovery can remember back to the times where maybe we had embraced some stuff or did some things that were just a part of going with the flow. And we don't need to go with the flow if we are guarding our heart. The second thing that we can do is we can trust in the Lord. When we start to feel fearful, I want to trust in those scriptures that I just gave you, that those spirits of fear that I'm feeling aren't from him. And what he's giving me is power and self-control. So I want to trust him in that. And he says, trust in God. Trust also in me is what Jesus says in that verse from John 14 that I mentioned earlier. So when we pass our heart and our feelings and these fearful things over to the Lord, well, then we begin to see that his promises overtake the fear. Trusting him is not just a feeling, but it's an action to what We're listening and hearing from his word. So if his word tells me not to fear and I'm trusting his heart to guard mine, then my heart shouldn't be fearful. The third thing is be courageous. Be courageous. After Jesus had fed 5,000 men and the women and children who were with him, uh, he told his disciples to get in a boat and cross the lake. And he dismissed the crowd, and he went on the hill alone to pray. And about three in the morning, the boat was far from the shore and slowly making progress due to the high winds and rough seas. And we read in, in this passage that uh, the disciples saw an image walking on the water. It's from Matthew 14. And they screamed in terror. And they heard Jesus say this, take courage. So when I'm dealing with fear and anxiety, right, the things that we have decided that we're going to do, first of all, we're going to take charge of our heart. We're going to allow our heart to be dictated to and listen to uh, the Lord. The third piece is we're going to listen to his words, and he's telling the disciples at this place and time to be courageous. And at the same time, he's telling us to be courageous. No matter what we go through, we can take that word from Jesus, knowing that he's close at hand, and that we should have courage in all things. I think that's one of our seven principles. And so we need to embrace that. The fourth thing is, is we need to stop doubting and start believing. Uh, We struggle with doubt. Doubt translates into fear. And because our lives have been chocked full of of things that uh, haven't proved too trustworthy, or our lives have not been the greatest because we have doubted our own identity and ability to do things, It's easy for fear to creep in. But the fourth thing that I want you to take away today about dealing with fear is stop doubting. The Lord hasn't given us any reason to doubt him. His promises are true. He is faithful, is what the word says. He loves us with an everlasting love. So There's no reason to doubt the faithfulness of his love to us, nor is it good for us to doubt the... um, the length of love that the Lord has for us so when we're coming through to these four things so far of, of dealing with um, the fear in life uh, remember that we're going to start with taking charge of our heart listening to the heart of the Father being courageous and stop allowing doubt to seep in the tough one that comes up next is number five and that is you can't be too worried about your life that's hard That's hard. But Jesus himself said, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, about your body, what you wear. Because he goes on to say that all of those provisions, all of those needs, all of those things, he will meet for us. And so when those pursuits, when I need that stuff or perceive that I need that stuff, I have to go back to some of those first pieces that we've talked about, and that is trusting the heart of the Father who loves me to be courageous in the face of my perceived lack and realize that I don't need to fear that because I don't need to doubt that because the Lord has proven faithful and he said in his word that I don't have to worry about those things. The last piece is, don't be fearful that anyone can separate you from the love of God. Romans 8 makes it really clear. And go off and read it yourself toward the back half of that chapter. There's some wonderful assurances for all of us that take away the fear that we may be feeling in life. And it all comes around to there's nothing that can separate us from this heart that God wants us to embrace, His heart. The courage that He wants us to take on, which is His courage, to not ever doubt that He has got us well in hand. Our needs, our challenges, all of those are well within His care. And that if we can remember that, that we're never separated then these fears that sometimes overtake us uh, won't have any power over us going forward. Appreciate you guys. Love all of you. Talk to you next week.
3: Sometimes the world feels like a mess full of drama, full of stress and life puts a fist right in your ribs. You can hide it, you choose to, and no one would even blame you, or you can let them see how you deal with it, that even in the darkest place, his love can make you radiate, doesn't matter how deep, how dark the night is, Keep hoping, keep on shining, and they'll see His light burning in your heart. And if the road gets rough, just keep your head up. Let the world see what you're made of. That His love's alive in your deepest part. Like a flame, like a burning star, you can shine right where you are. He made you to glow in the dark. Of your past If you shattered like a piece of glass The more broke you are The more the light gets through Show your wounds And your flaws Show them why you still need the cross Let them see the work he's doing in you That even in the darkest place his love can make you, make you radiate Doesn't matter how deep, how dark the night is Keep hoping, keep on shining And they'll see light burning in your heart And if the road gets rough, just keep your head up Let the world see what you're made of That his love's alive in the deepest part Like a burning star, you can shine right where you are. You made you to glow in the dark. And keep on shining And see seas like burning in your heart and if the road gets rough Just keep your head up Let the world see what you made of That his love's alive in your deepest part Like a flame, like a burning star You can shine right where you are